The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Forever Young cast. I'm your host, Don DeLorenze, and I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Jupiter Julep. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Well, and you? I'm well. I'm well. And we're joined by our co-host, Madam Lizette, Miss Halisa. How are you doing, Halisa? Good. How are you guys doing? Yay! Quite well. Quite well. (laughs) A soundboard. Of noises. Okay, we'll see what we can do. If we can get that in the CSPN budget, get y'all to uh, get some more members over to the Patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Maybe we can get that into the uh, the budgetary mix. Maybe we can borrow some of the sounds from Comic Book Chronicles. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes, because I do not want to have to beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> The Forever Young cast can be found on the web at cspn.us. So, ladies, we are into the final first round matchups of this year's tournament. It's been a good tournament so far. Uh, We've met a lot of, you know, up and comers, some new faces. We've also been reintroduced to some players from last year. So, That storyline continues right off the bat as we get Rachel Evers. She says that she's the queen of strong smile. She's the second generation wrestler trying to make her own name. And she feels that she lost her focus in last year's tournament. And we meet someone new in Hiryo Matsumoto. She's known as the Lady Godzilla. She gives a great rundown of all her movesets. And she says that she fights with high energy and she destroys everything. So we'll start with the video packages before we get into the match, ladies. Uh, The introduction to Miss Matsumoto. I'll let Jupiter Julep go first. What did you feel about her little video package vignette? And uh, did she do enough to kind of get you interested in her match? Yes. Uh, uh, This I wrote down for her was that she talked big trash. That she was a student of Funaki who I love and that her dream match was to wrestle the undertaker. So she had me sold all the way. Now I do believe they introduced Rachel Evers first and I didn't understand that they say the queen of strong smile. And I thought they said strong style. So when I was watching the match, I was like, no, Oh, it didn't like gel for me because I thought that she had vastly, um, like oversold herself as strong style, uh, especially going against Hiro Matsumatu. Miss Halisa, I'll bring you in, and you can talk about Rachel Evers and her video package a little bit more. Um, you know, they tried to, you know, kind of focus in on her um, matchup last year and her second generation uh, roots. So. Did Rachel Evers impress you, or did she need a little bit more work to get you interested in what she's bringing to the ring? So, last year, going into it, I wasn't really sure who she was, um, just because, you know, it was really one of her first WWE matches. This year, I was looking forward to her match. I thought her video package was cute, because I think the last year or so, she's basically been in NXT the majority of the time, so then just kind of showing her at the performance center and being in the NXT ring, um, I thought that was a good look for her. Um, I think that listening to her talk and it's even listening to like her presence in the ring and in the video package and everything, she seems to be um, more confident and a little bit more serious and not so smiley. Like I understand they call her the queen of strong smile, but she wasn't as smiley as I think that she was yes last year, like last year. I'm going to be here and this year it was okay I lost last year and I came this year to win so I think that 
that did make me a little bit more interested in her and what she was going to bring to the ring this year. We get into the match. Miss Matsumoto cuts off Everest with the German suplex. Everest pops back up and then she hits a big boot. But Matsumoto levers her with a lariat. Matsumoto then hits a deadlift powerbomb, followed by a Saito suplex to put Rachel Evers away. Miss Matsumoto moves on to face Tony Storm in the next round. So, Halisa, I'll bring you back in to dissect this match. I thought this was a really good match. Really uh, rock'em, sock'em. They really went hard. And I thought that this may have been maybe the best matchup of the first round when it's all said and done. So I really enjoyed this match as well. I think they did a very good job of showcasing both wrestle, both female um, wrestlers. And it was nice to see Rachel kind of like take a beating and then also give a beating. And when she um, basically stood up and no sold the suplex, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm invested. Like she, it's, it, it just is a different feel to her this year than it was last year. Um, it was kind of strong style in, in spots. Um, especially when they were kind of like trying to test each other out and just see like who could overpower the other. So I thought that was a good way to get both women are. Um, I feel like Rachel has cleaned up a lot in the ring compared to last year. And even just in the few matches that I have seen of her in NXT, this is probably the best match that I've seen her in um, over the last year. I was surprised that she lost though i thought that she was gonna go over but i also realized that wwe is trying to attract that asian viewership and so especially in the female department so putting over and having a bunch of uh, female wrestlers kind of go over and win continues to put that viewership and put that crowd and they're sitting butt in the seats. So overall, I really, really enjoyed this match. And I also just like, like the commentary and how into it that they were, they really sold the match for me as well. So good showing for the both of them. All right, Miss Jupiter Jula. I'd like to get your analysis of Miss Matsumoto. She's moving on. We'll be, um, you know, seeing another match from her. What were some of your takes, some of your notes that you had on her performance? I'll start with, how Halissa ended and that is the commentary really really did a good job in putting Rachel Evers over and dropping nuggets in about her I mean they acknowledged uh, who her trainers were acknowledged her lineage acknowledged that she was dating Cassius Ono and that he was there and then also talked about her being a bronze like just showcasing her in a way and putting it in places where when she did a spot, like, oh, there's her power, there's that background. So I could, I, they did a really good job with storytelling and, and complementing the matches. So I remember her from last year, but she wasn't one of the people that I was checking for or excited to see. But that changed after this match. I am looking to see how she grows and um, what, what she can be. And then as far as um, Hiroyo Matsumoto, I was really excited about her. I mean, she laid it down like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to come in. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat your children. It's going to be delicious. You will enjoy it all. <laughs> I, like, I will see you at the end of the match. Like that, she was sure of herself. It, and again, they had good chemistry as far as back and forth. And I do think it is probably one of the contenders of best matches of the bracket. Our next matchup, we get Tanara Conti versus Jesse Alaban. Tanara Conti, she's the first Brazilian woman in WWE. She is a certified black belt in judo, and she defeated Vanessa Bourne to earn her spot in this year's tournament. Jesse, she's from Austin, Texas. She says that she has a clumsy, goofy, fun-loving, unorthodox style. She's a ball of energy, and she's a former volleyball player. So we'll start with Miss Jupiter Julep on this time. Uh, talk about you know some notes that you took forth from the video packages from these two women. Uh, Tanara Conti, we're familiar with. She's been on NXT a mm -hmm. few times since last year's May Young Classic, but Jesse's a newcomer uh, to us. So uh, some of your notes and thoughts from the video packages leading into this matchup. 
Okay, so the first time I saw Jesse Alvin, the first thing I thought was Stacey Keebler and Mother Ray Deli had a baby. She, <laughs> she looks like she is their child, like she's got the legs and the glasses and and everything. It was like, oh my gosh, she's from Dudleyville. Uh, other than that, I thought Manic Pixie Dream Girl coming out to trap music. Um, I didn't. I get it. She's supposed to be goofy. I. She gives me Bailey vibes as well. Um, uh, she's got a lot of work to do as far as charisma goes because I, I, once I looked at her and didn't look at her within a frame of the Dudleys or Stacey Keebler, I thought, well, what does she have to give me? And she is really awkward. She is unorthodox. And, and I... It wasn't really gelling for me where I can say, okay, let's go with that. I understand she's taking control of her narrative. This is what she is and this is what she's giving me. But uh, going against Tainara Conti, it just, it looked sloppy a little. And then Tainara, what I liked that she said was that she grew up being a fan of Ronda Rousey and you uh, go so hard, I'm paraphrasing, that your idols become your rivals. So I would like to see what she could do, um, you know, talking about with the baddest woman in the planet. Like, okay, well, you can you judo throw. I can judo throw. I can do some other things, too. So I would like to see what those two could do together in a match. Uh, and as far as a package, well, I think, we, are we going to do the match later, the actual analysis of the match later, or are you going to stop the video package? Uh, we're going to do the analysis of the match later. I'm going to get uh, Halisa in right now so she can kind of give her thoughts on the video packages, especially I talk about Jesse because we're familiar with um, Tanara Conti. I know you watch NXT enough. You've seen her do her work. But what about Jesse? What did you get from her? What were some of the vibes that you felt? Um, did you feel like Jupiter Julep, that it was uh, straight from Dudleyville? So... For Jesse, when I was first watching her intro, and I had watched it already during the bracketology, um, I was a little skeptical about her, like in the ring, because I was like, I don't know if this character is gonna translate very well. Um, but watching it, this I think I, this would be my third time watching the video package. Um, she kind of won me over. She gives me a little Bailey a little do love especially when she was like I'm from the earth I was like you know what we could do like the hippy dippy thing and also because she's an Austin girl um, and she's doing the keep Austin weird thing and I know what that is because I mean I live in Texas um, the character for me translated well and I think she does have the charisma um, unlike Jupiter Julep does um, Teneri Conti I don't know what it is about her, but I find her to be somewhat forgettable. There isn't really like a match that she's had up until this point that sticks with me. Um, I just, her character, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't really do much for me. Um, and I wish that I knew more about her since she has been in NXT for this long. Um, I do like that she's very strong and very confident in her abilities and she is standing in the fact that like she's the only black belt on the ring like in the roster so i think that that's a good look and her video package was somewhat similar to last year in a way it's just i lost last year and i'm coming to win this year but it didn't it was somewhat forgettable for me so jesse kind of won me over but tenari conti she i was just kind of like all right let's see what happens when you get in the ring i wasn't really like oversold by her and her video package at all so we'll get to the in-ring action between jesse and tanara conti jesse lands kicks and drop kicks then she hits a corner splash and jesse covers for two count tanara conti fights back with the spinning side judo throw and she gets the win and tanara conti will go on to face Lacey lane in the next round so miss jupiter julep i'll bring you back in so you can give your match analysis on what you thought of uh, Tanera Conti getting the win with the side judo throw to move on to the second round. I agree with Halissa where I do think that Tanera is a little uh, forgettable. I thought this match was forgettable. I'm looking at my notes and um, I didn't really write anything. 
I, I wrote for Tanara, I uh, wanted her to dance after the win. You know, like a heel dance, like an in-your-face type of a dance to kind of give me something. But as far as the match go, it, it was, I, I thought that Jessie was a little, I mean, with her legs and everything, she had gone against, uh, it, this was the David and Goliath type of match, that that the awkward style and the weird style didn't really mesh well with Tanara. Uh, so I can't honestly break this match down and say, here are the spots I found was interesting or, um, you know, or, or really give a great analysis. I apologize. All right. Well, Miss Halisa, I'll bring you in for your match analysis between Tenara Conti and Miss Jesse. So I like that in the beginning, Tenara kind of showed her. Her kind of grabs and throws of Jesse, and I like the fact that Jesse really like made it seem like she was that strong enough to throw her because Jesse is a lot bigger than Tanara, and I don't think they they really showed that a lot, but she you know hovers over her in a little bit. Um, I I felt like Tanara was basically to- toying with Jesse in a form and just kind of being like you know. I am better than you. I am going to beat you. So what else are you going to do? And Jesse kind of just kept fighting forward and pushing forward. Um, Tanara was a lot more aggressive this year than I think she was last year. And she also has a, a more confidentness about her and her style, her ring style now than she did last year. Um, I thought that Jesse and the slingshot kind of gave her a, like a good momentum shifter when the match was going on, especially since she had been getting beat up up until that point. And then Tanara coming through with the judo throw and the side slam, like that was a good finisher for me. And Tanara kind of reminds me of AJ Lee and like that craziness. I don't know what she was doing with her mouth, but it stuck with me and it's kind of distracting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was just like, why is she doing that with her mouth? And she did it the whole, like from walking down the ring or walking to the ring, being in the ring, wrestling in the ring. She just kept doing this weird thing with her mouth. And I was just like, please stop because it's taking away from the match. But um, even as the match was going on or whatever, of crazy yelling at Jesse and just being like, you know, you done messed up and all that. And I felt like that was kind of AJ Lee in an esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the match wasn't bad. Like I thought it was a pretty good match for the both of them, especially since it was probably one of the first times that Jesse has ever been on a televised show that didn't involve like a house show or anything like that. So I, I kind of was rooting for Jesse about halfway through just because she was kind of showing like, hey, I can go. And she was selling and, you know, she was taking her bumps well. But I also understand where Jupiter Julep is coming from by saying like she's too goofy and she's too clumsy and that not always translating well. Um, as you can tell, because the way I took it and the way Jupiter took it are two different ways. But I didn't find the match to be bad. It wasn't better than the first match, but it was good for what those women were putting on for us. Thank you for that analysis. We'll let everybody know, remind them that you're listening to the Forever Young cast. This is episode four. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm here with my co-host, Miss Jupiter Julep and Miss Madame Lizette. So, ladies, we'll move into our next matchup. We had Isla Dawn. She's from Scotland. She calls herself the Modern Day Witch Hunt, and she has a kickboxing background versus Nicole Matthews. Nicole Matthews is one of the most respected uh, women indie wrestlers on the scene. She's like a 12-year veteran. She's a heel with a sarcastic, nasty attitude, and she was an alternate that didn't get picked in last year's tournament. So, Miss Elisa, I'll let you start with the video packages. Um, both of these women are new to me, so I don't know if you had any familiarity with either one before tonight. I think Isla Don was in a, the three-way during the NXT uh, UK show, so I can't say I saw one match, but I don't have anything more to go on off of that. So, your thoughts on this video package for these two women? So... I watched this show twice. I watched it once and didn't take any notes and just watched it all the way through. And then I watched it again um, and took notes of things that I might have missed. And the one thing that stuck out to me was Nicole Matthews. Like, she kind of gave me Mercedes Martinez vibes. Like, I've been wrestling for 10, 20 plus years. Like, 
I deserve to be here more than anybody else deserves to be here. And she really put herself over in her video package. Like, paraphrasing, but she said, I was alternate. And if you're showcasing the best women in the world, not having me on the show means you didn't showcase the best. And that, like, line there made me stop and pause and be like, wait a minute. Like, she's saying all the rest of you that were on here last year couldn't even like hold a candle to what she's putting on and so that made me kind of excited to see her and see what she was you know going to do in the ring is Dawn? i didn't watch the uh uk show so i had never seen her before character she is also another one of those european girls who has a character it's not just i'm just here to win or i'm so happy to be here or i'm just gonna do my best like she has a character she and the commentary team made a point to like put over the fact that this is the character she's going with. She's the witch and it like the witch hunter and it works for her. Um, I wrote in my note, notes that she gives me a little femme fatale, like um, just the red, like the reddish hair and it's her look with the lip and everything. Um, but I thought the video package are good for both of them. I kind of want to go back and watch the NXT UK show now um, just so that I can see her wrestle other people if she wasn't that free like you said Don and I kind of want to watch a little bit of Nicole Matthews now too because it sounds like everyone that's a female wrestler respects her and it sounds like she is one of the best and so you know why did it take her so long to get here but that's kind of what I felt about them just watching the video package Alright Miss Jupiter Julep I'll bring you in here for your thoughts on the video packages um, were you impressed with um, you know uh, Isla Don or Nicole Matthews? Which which one of these two ladies caught your attention before the match started? Isla Dawn. Uh, you know, when I first saw her, and I wasn't sure how the witch character was going to be. I wasn't in 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 terms of are we going to go more like uh, the all the way through, or is it going to be a hot topic? This is my Tuesday special topic type of a thing. But I think that she struck a good presentation and bringing it through. I did hear the commentary team mention that she's been training with Aleister Black, uh, working on her strikes. I also think that she's the one who took him out. But um, it's I, I could <laughs> see them in doing a mixed match tag with those characters and seeing what they can um like putting together a program and presenting it through. So I was more drawn to her um, because of the character. Now, I will say that with Nicole Matthews, 12-year vets, the vets are always getting my attention because I'm in the back of my mind, I'm always wondering, could they have, what could they have brought to WWE, even though it was an era of the diva? Like, what could they have brought? How could they have lifted up what we were watching or competed with Ivory and Best Phoenix and Lita and all those other great performers. Miss Jackie can't, I can't not say Miss Jackie, like those great performers, like how could they have fit in? What did I miss? So I'm always really, really keen to watch the vets who I had not been introduced to before. And like Alyssa, I did listen to her say that the one, that have been an alternative. I should have been on, like, in the tournament, and I should have won it, like, that type of attitude. So I was really looking for her to bring it and and see what she had to offer. All right, so we'll get into the matchup itself as we had Esla Don versus Nicole Matthews. Don lays in rights and hits an angle slam for a two count. Matthews fights off a half-and-half half suplex, and then she hits a lariat. The Lion Tamer follows, and Don fights, but she eventually taps out. And Nicole Matthews will move on to face Tegan Knox in the next round. So, Miss Halisa, it was a good fight that she put up, but Isla Don was not victorious, and Nicole Matthews will be moving on with a good-looking Lion Tamer uh, for the finisher. Um, your thoughts and analysis of this uh, hard-hitting match? I really like this a lot as well. So yeah, I really like this match as well. Um, Matthews was really, really aggressive, and she was super dominating. Like I wrote in my notes that the match felt really one-sided. Like they were just telling this story about how good Matthews was, and just 
how much of a veteran she was while Isla Dawn was kind of, um, I guess, fighting her way through. But it wasn't really a way for her to... Sh- it wasn't really a match that was supposed to, like, fully showcase her and her talents. Um, I did... Like, oh, she changed Alistair back. And I was like, oh, well, now it makes sense why she's doing so many kicks and things like that. And these kicks are really powerful. Like, her strikes are really powerful. That makes sense. Um, but it's a little like she was just beat up. She By the time the match was over, she was red all over. And you can just tell that Matthews had dominated her a lot. Um, I am happy that Isla Dawn did, though, like, push forward and continue to push forward and, you know, continue to fight back and show that she wasn't going down without a fight because I feel like that was a good story to tell, especially if she's going to be one of our potential um, NXT UK women. Um, I had a question. Is this the first finisher that was a tap out because I feel like it was and if that's the case like they waited a while for to give us that and it looked like the Isla was in all kinds of pain so I enjoyed the match I thought it was a really aggressive match I thought that it was a hard hitting match it was probably one of the best matches that we've seen out of all four day or all four episodes um, just with Matthew just being the dominant heel that she said she was going to be, and that I can respect. Always love somebody who talks all this cash shit and backs it all the way up. So it was a good match for me. <laughs> Jupiter Jet, Julep will give you the hot tag. <laughs> oh man, you know, you said cash shit. Now you talking my language. Uh, first, like shout out of the night. Let us know if. If that was the first tap out we got, you talking about in the in this year's or just period in this? Well, I mean it could be period, but I'm pretty sure it'd be this year's because last year Shayna Baszler got everybody to tap out. So oh, yeah. I'm talking about this year or anybody else. I mean, but you know, like let us know. I was also going to mention the fact that Isla Dawn being so pale, uh, it helps sell the brutality of Nicole Matthews because she was red. She was just as red as her hair by the time that match was over. And so it was, she was a great person to have um, in there to show, like you said, how dominant that Nicole Matthews can be. And also it makes me wonder like, okay, round two, what's she going to like, who can you really put her up against that, that would really, um, give her some competition and I looked at it she's going against Tegan Knox the next for the next round so it'll be interesting to see those two against each other but as far as this match goes I, I was impressed because I was not introduced to uh, Miss Matthews before and what she could bring to the ring and uh, I did see dominance I did see style uh, I would be interested to see how um, like what would come of this tournament? Like, could she go a full con? Uh, or is she indie darling? She works if she's shimmer or progress. I think she's she's shimmer. So she's been working at shimmer. I, I am interesting to I am interested to see what will come of her. What will become of her and uh, her 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 style? Like, where can you go with being so dominant? But what kind of stories can you tell? Yes. Um, Here's the thing about Nicole Matthews. At least this is a rumor that I read yesterday. Mm -hmm. She has been barred from coming to the U.S. for the next five years by Canada. So she won't be in WWE anytime soon. There were issues (laughs) with... um, There there are issues with her visa. Um, I don't know, like, the specifics. It was on NoDQ.com. They posted it on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, she, you know... Canadians like Canadian law, they don't they take that stuff very seriously. So if you mess up, they just like you can't come back. Um so if she is going to wrestle, it won't be in WWE, at least not any extension of their American brand. Maybe they'll let her compete on the UK brand if they do decide to sign her. But uh that's the that's what the rumor that I heard and or I read and on her Twitter, she kind of put like to address the elephant in the room. I'll be back, or we're gonna wait this out, or whatever. And I'm like, girl, in five years, like that's a long time to be waiting something out. 
Well, did they say what she did? They didn't really give specifics, and I'm pretty sure they're kind of keeping it hush hush to figure it out. But it's something about her work visa. I don't know if she like violated, you know, how it's supposed to be used or what. But Canada said, "Girl, you better sit still. Stay right here. Can't go nowhere else." Well, <laughs> well you know, yeah, you know, she's not my pick to win. I'm still thinking it's going to come down to Eo, Shirai, and um, Maramatsu. But still, interesting, interesting. Yeah, you know, just dropping some news from yesterday. I somebody mm-hmm. told me to click on it and read it, and I did, and I was like, oh. <laughs> All right. All right. What do you think, Dawn? What do you think of Nicole Matthews and Ella Dawn? Uh, I like that match a lot. I like the contrasting styles. I'm always a big fan anytime that they contrast the styles. So, striker versus kind of brawler, super aggressive. It worked for me. Um, Nicole Matthews, you know, did show her dominance in the end. Just finally we get one of the bigger girls kind of overcoming one of the smaller girls in one of these matches. Um, so that was a good twist. And um, I'm excited to see what happens in the next round against Tegan Knox because she's going to get somebody else who's a little smaller, a little quicker, a little bit more athletic. But we'll see if her power can overtake her in the end. Mm-hmm. Next up, we get Io Shirai. And Xia Brookside. So Io Shirai, she says that her style is a combination of high flying and strong style. Rey Mysterio Jr. is her role model, and she desires uh, to make you think of men and women equally. At, and when it comes to wrestling, as far as you know, their ability and what they can do, and and what you can see them do, and what they can attain. Zaya Brookside, she's 19 years old, the youngest competitor in this year's tournament. She's the daughter of English legend Robbie Brookside, and this will be the first time her father will ever see her wrestle in person. So, Jupiter Julep, I know you've been very excited, as we all have, to see Io Shirai yeah. in action. So, it's finally here. So, uh, how did the trailer or her video package uh, suit you or, you know, make you feel? Did it get your anticipation even higher for the match? Yes. I, so I'm going to be kind and, and I want to start with Zaya Brookside because I, I really want to gush about EO. So uh, when I saw the picture of Zaya Brookside, I thought, oh, she looks like a unicorn tweety bird. And it's she, she's young. She's got a lot of potential. And I was glad to meet her. Now, I think the best way to talk about EO is from this tweet that I found from Our Dream from the at WWE Our Dreamer account. And it said, say goodbye to your bosses, your huggers, your queens, your baddest woman on the bench. Into the sky has arrived. Take notes. That is what I think about EO. All right. Whole women's division on notice. All right. So, Miss Madam Lizette, I'll bring you in. Uh, how'd you feel about these two um, trailers, these two vignettes for these two women? Um, you can, you know, express your thoughts on Io Shirai and your um, expectations and uh, how did the video package, um, you know, hype up the match for you? So, I'm going to give Zyra Brooks a, Brookside a little bit more love than Jupiter Julep did. I thought she was adorable. Um, she does look like a unicorn with all the purple and blue and pink in her hair. Um, she has that bright eyed, I'm so happy to be here. But from the video package and the like, little um, parts of her matches that they dropped in, it looks like she actually, you know, she knows how to wrestle. So... That kind of made me excited to see her, um, to know that her dad had never seen her wrestle before. I knew that that was going to be something special and that she was going to put on, you know, a good match. And my assumption is they put you in the ring with somebody like Io Shirai because they feel like you will do a good job in a match against her. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to take the L, like you're going to do a good job. So Triple H and the rest of them giving her that vote of confidence made me kind of give her a vote of confidence as well, thinking, okay. If they're if they're doing this and they're saving it for the last match of the first round, she's gonna carry her own. She's gonna hold her own. Eo, Eo takes the cake, steals the show. Like she said, I was number one in Japan, and if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'll be number one in WWE. And I was like, all right, 
drop, like mic drop. That's it. That's all you have to say <laughs> at all. Um, not only do the women's division need to be worried, but your Seth Rollins, your AJ Styles, and them, they need to be looking like you know she's she's amazing. And in being ranked number one, like it wasn't just oh she's ranked because she's the number one female wrestler. No, she was ranked as number one wrestler. Period. That's how they ranked her in Japan. So I really would love to see like some mixed match tag matches with her mm-hmm. and see her, you know, kind of do like China did and like toss some dudes around and really be out here being dominant because you can tell that that's who she is. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of confidence to her and her video package as someone who's never seen a match heard of her until the WWE announced her and everything. Like, this is my first introduction to her. I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm excited. Like, let's go. Match on. So, I think they did a good job of the video package for both ladies. Amen. Now it's time for the matchup. Io Shirai versus Zaya Brookside. Brookside misses a kick and Shirai hits an uppercut. The running corner knees follows and Shirai heads up top. And the genius of the sky hits a picture-perfect moonsault, and Io Shirai gets the win. Io Shirai moves on to the second round to face Zeusus. So, Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll bring you back in for your match analysis. The genius of the sky, she was awesome. I thought that it was a good showcase for Zyra Brookside. She started off fast, but... You know, she made that one mistake, as, you know, young competitors do, and uh, it was a wrap from there. Uh, you know what? I did forget to say this, but when she came out, that Rey Mysterio Jr. inspiration was really seen in her mask and her costuming. Uh, so her look was also really great. She had not great music, but um, when she came to the ring, you could see the confidence. It wasn't like, I need to say it in her even through how she controlled the match even through the end where like you said uh, Zaya made a little mistake but you know the camaraderie the smiling that she had through the match and it wasn't like a sadistic smile at all it was like I'm A I'm happy to be here B isn't this fun C isn't she cute oh look at the baby and you know D, I'm about to end this because one of the notes that I did write down was that she didn't play with her food. Like this was a quick match. Zaya got some moves in. Like I would have been Melissa said, you you did see that she had something. I knew that, like, listen, A I knew she was gonna lose because well, I was insisting that Zaya lose in front of her daddy because if Big Swall can lose in front of her baby, then she can lose in front of her daddy. I knew you were gonna say that, and that's why when I was watching the match, I was like, "Oh, she about to take this L," which I knew she was gonna take the L. Yep. But I was like, "Oh, but your daddy's here. Are you really gonna take this L?" Yep. <laughs> and I wanted him to, I wanted him to cry like that little girl did because I feel like though that would be fair. But okay, so um, you know, I agree with you all. I knew that they wouldn't put her in a position to embarrass herself or embarrass her daddy, who was a legend. And I'm glad to see that she was that she had a good showing. I mean, all of it was really, really good. I will say this about the moonsault because this is the first time I'd seen it. I watched Olympic diving, and when I saw when I saw it, I thought two things: this looks like a perfect clean dive, and number two, this is some of the best camera work that they've done in trying to capture that dive in a great. Like position where it was as impactful as it could be. Uh, my eldest kid was here. We were with me when I was uh, watching and taking notes, and even he stopped. He thinks wrestling is stupid. He does not. I mean, you know, he allows me to watch this and corrals the rest of the kids and like pats me on the head, like, "Okay, you have your fun now." But even he stopped and watched this match and had comments of Io Shirai. I will also say. That um, I had a lot of notes about her. Uh, It was interesting that they kept on pointing to or putting the camera on and bringing up Kyrie Sane. And I am wondering if they are already planting the seeds of a rivalry. I would love a tag team if they actually, WWE actually does a women's tag team division, but I'm wondering if they are planting the seeds of a rivalry. So I'll leave it there and we can probably. Jump in. Uh, I'm tagging you in, Halissa. 
right, I'm here. Taking the tag. So one of the things that I noticed and to kind of like piggyback on Jupiter Julep was the Kyrie same thing. So as soon as she hit the ring, or EO hit the ring, they were like, she didn't get to compete last year, and her best friend Kyrie won, and she said that she's so happy that Kyrie won last year, but this is a new year, and this is a new tournament, and she's here to win it. And I wrote down, they are building the friendship feud between EO and Kyrie already. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, EO is so much more dominating than Kyrie. <laughs> like, I wasn't sold on Kyrie last year, 100%. Like, I think I figured once I kind of got to watching, I was like, she's going to win it. But EO, it's not even a. I'm giving WWE all together because you just can't take the number one and then have her just like lose in the finals or the semifinals, whatever. You can't have her lose, period. Because she's 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 that amazing and she has that confidence about her. Um, I love that Zaya attacked first. I love that she had that. I'm not backing down. Like, I know who you are. I know how important you are. I watched your video package. Like, but that's not going to scare me. I'm going to come at you head first. And she came at her fast. She came at her strong. But like I said, she made that one little mistake. And Eo was like, girl, it's my time. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> and Eo does the same thing that Asuka does, which is she smiles when she beats you. She smiles when she hurts you. She smiles when she wins. And there is a difference. Asuka always had a smile of a sinisterness. Like, I hate it when people are like, oh, she's a face. And I was like, Asuka, I'm going to hurt you with a smile. And the smile is not a cute smile. No, EO looks like I'm not here having fun and this is my smile. And if you get hurt in the process, I'm sorry, but I'm here to win and this is my smile. And I really enjoyed this match. I think Zaya did a good job, you know, being the rookie and this basically being and this being the first match in front of her dad that he's ever seen. Like all of the things that are pound up like piled up on her of the things she's having to deal with. I think she did a good job, and she showcased herself as much as she could without overshadowing EO. And I think EO was just as dominant once that mistake was made. She was just as dominant as I expected her to be, if not more. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the next round. So it was a good match. It was a good showing. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, oh, go ahead, Don. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say they were really putting over – Io Shirai and her signing and what it meant for WWE and how she was, you know, one of the biggest signees that they've had in a long time. So there's definitely a lot in the works for her. Hopefully she has good health and good storylines. And uh, I don't worry about her having good matches because we all know yeah, that's going to take care of itself. And that further goes with what I said earlier in the show, which was WWE is trying to attract Japanese viewership or not even Japanese viewership. Asian viewership and they are doing that with the women's division because the men's division only has Shinsuke but in the women's division we have Kyrie, we have Matsumoto we have Io uh, they really showing us and showcasing like hey guys we are trying to attract a particular set of crowd and we want them to enjoy our products and for the most part they are letting these ladies wrestle the matches thing I thought about was Hideo Tommy and how I am and how last year we could have been in like EO and Harry Singh could have been in a state Tommy injured and then he's still yet to recover but um, so it's interesting how easily we forget them or how easily WWE forgets them, even though, like you said, that draw, I mean, the reason why they signed them, the reason why they, they did all those vignettes and advertised them is because they are trying to utilize that draw. But yet and still, WWE going WWE. 
and now um, the other thing common I have to say is um, we're talking about viewership. We're talking about Io Shirai and essentially the equality of seeing men and women wrestling, um, you know, as equals. And also WWE trying to get that Asian viewership. Do you think that they would have a mixed tag, uh, not tag, but I'll say mixed or intergender matches like Lucha Underground does? Do you ever think the WWE that far, uh, especially with a signee like Io Shirai or no? No, it's called um, $1.25 billion from Fox. You'll never see men on uh, women violence in WWE. You'll see like a woman smack a man like Brie did Miz, but you won't see it the other way around ever because public traded company sponsorships, it's just not a good look on American TV. Okay. What about you, Halissa? I don't think it's going to happen. And I think that that is a missed opportunity for WWE. I mean, they barely wanted China to do it. So, Mm -hmm. I really don't think that they're, and that was, you know, before we were in censorship and what we showed on television and caring about what the viewers saw and all of that. Like, that was in a generation when people were just kind of excited to see what was on television and didn't really have an opinion about it. Um, now, with the way the climate is, I don't think that they would do it at all. And I feel like that's a missed opportunity. They, well, actually, after I watched this through the first time, I watched an MLW show and it was Joey Ryan and a couple other people I just can't remember the names right now and it was an intergendered match so like the men took bumps from women the women took bumps from the men and I didn't feel any kind of way like I didn't feel like oh my god he's hurting her or nothing it was just like yo girl do this I think WWE doesn't realize that like the, the community that you're putting your product towards we know that this is a violent sport, so we can accept if a woman takes a bump from a man or a punch or a kick and vice versa, especially if we believe that that woman is strong enough to do that to that man. And I don't, I think that because they're so worried about like the climate that we're in and just like the general public's opinion of it, because I can just see it now on ESPN, like, oh my God. You know, Io Shirai took a punch from the Miz. Like, how could they possibly put that on television? That's so awful. But it's like, it's in the ring. Like, I could see if it was, like, just out backstage. But it's in the ring. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take these punches and these bumps and these kicks and things like that. So, I don't think the WWE is ever going to go that route. Like I said, they got to deal with Fox. And Fox is not going to mess up. Like, they're not going to put that on television. And WWE's not going to mess that up. And, you so, know, go ahead. Well, you talked about the climate that we're in, and on. can you tell me a little bit more about what climate you mean? I think that people are more worried and more geared into preventing domestic violence, and they don't know how to take domestic violence out of, like, partner on partner or family on family and translate that into, like, we're watching a WWE match, and this is what happens in a WWE because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking two things right away. The first thing is that um, one of the greatest hurdles WWE in particular has had to overcome has been wrestling is fake. And how do you deal with that ideal of like, well, you're not really punching somebody. And that's why people stepped away from wrestling or say silly things about it and say, well, it's sports entertainment or whatever it is, because it's all of a sudden fake. And even though they say, yes, you can put your, it may be predetermined in some aspects and there may be writers in some aspects, but this is still a very physical thing. And uh, and you trust people and accidents happening, put your body on the line. I mean, because these are two performers in the ring who are cooperating with each other to tell you a story. And I think that in in the the climate of gender equality, in the climate of the age of superhero, where you have Captain Marvel, when you have Wonder Woman, and these people and these women are powerful and are going toe-to-toe and saying, look, I'm here to compete and you should deal with me. In terms of getting, you know, the of being ahead of the curve and saying we have performers, performers around, 
who will work in concert with each other to tell a story that I think that, you know, when you talk about the women's evolution, part of the evolution should be competition. So I think that it's interesting to me to see them not progress in that way. However, you talked about money and publicly traded company. I would like to say that Marvel and Black Widow and all those characters are owned by Disney, which is a publicly traded company. Um, and also the fact that uh, you you have, it talks about how they haven't really progressed in mind and thought, which goes back to my WWEs, going to WWE. And uh, I wonder if, Io Shirai, if she has a mission about like, gender equality, if she will stay in a place that's stagnant. And we have Candice LeRae, who, at, who bills herself as an intergender wrestler and has shown how that could be done tastefully, successfully, and safely. So I would... I'm just I'm putting it out there. I would love to hear what other people think about it. And I mean, also we're in the midst of the mixed match challenge, which I thought at first was going to give us that and didn't. Well, that, so, that right there is the closest you're going to get to what you want, because again, nobody cares about Lucha Underground. Nobody cares about TNA. Nobody cares about whatever organization is doing intergender wrestling. They will care about WWE watching some woman take a body slam or or a splash or something like that because social media is a different age than it was 20 yeah. years ago. It was the Hollywood Reporter if they had a problem or the New York Times or somebody had an op-ed piece in that. Then maybe you would maybe raise your eyebrow a little bit and you may or may not you know, take what they say and change your programming. But today, everybody has a Twitter account. Everybody has a Facebook. And all it takes is for, you know, one third of that minority to get really vocal on social media. And we know how WWE operates. They're not trying to have any negativity towards their programming, towards their marketing, towards their promotion. So that one third of a fan base who was just outraged about, a man body slamming a woman or punching a woman or kicking a woman or whatever move set he's going to do is enough for them to say, Hey, it's not worth trying to explain it. It's not worth trying to fight it. It's not worth trying to talk to our advertisers about, Hey, this is what we're going to do. So let's just not incorporate it at all. Give them the mix match challenge. Hey, these are our rules. This is how it works. We're not opposed to men and women teaming up being on the same team but it's men versus the men women versus the women and in that way you know they're free and clear of any type of blowback negative press negative social media um response and then Jupiter, just to kind of piggyback a little bit on what don said and some of what you said the difference between like a superhero movie is we can dispel belief that this is not real Right, the WWE. No matter how much people try to tell themselves, like it's not real. I have had non wrestling fans sit and watch. It was a um, Finn Balor Kevin Owens match when they went to Japan, and Finn won the title. And I can't. I think I want to say that Kevin kicked Finn in the mouth, or Finn kicked Kevin in the mouth, one of the two. And my little sister was like, "Hold up, he did what?" Like, she was just like, oh, I can't get kicked in the mouth. There's just no way. You ain't gonna kick me in the mouth. Like, she was all one. I was like, Helen, people, she was like, well, I thought it was fake. I said, that ain't fake. He got kicked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And people associate, oh, it's fake. And so I always tell people, it might look fake to you, but those injuries are real. Mm-hmm. Like, those bruises, those black eyes, those busted nose, those torn Achilles, those torn ACLs. That, you know, torn rotator cuff, whatever. All of that stuff is real. Which lets me know that the sport itself is real. It's just not real in the mind of the way that you want it to be real. Because our matches are predetermined. Randy Orton is Randy Orton here. But the Randy Orton that we see walking through the airport, they're not the same people. Like, And so wrestling fans can kind of be in two different worlds at the same time and understand, like, yes, it's predetermined. But... Those people are really putting their bodies on the line. Non-wrestling fans go, it's fake. 
they don't ever have that idea of like, oh, somebody got hurt. And when they do get hurt, they're just like, well, how'd that happen? And when you show them, you know, how Seth threw Finn into the barricade and Finn ended up injured, they're like, oh my God, that really hurt him, didn't it? Well, yeah, because he was out for eight months. Yeah. And so <laughs> non-wrestling fans just don't see, like, they don't disassociate the same way that wrestling fans do. Um, and then something else, well, I lost my train of thought on that for a little bit, but something else that you kind of said too was just everyone else doing it. Why doesn't WWE do it? And I'm like, well, WWE does do it in their own way because Ronda put Triple H in an arm bar. Mm-hmm. Ronda, you know, threw him into a table, but Ronda did all of those things to him. And yeah, he kind of sort of geared up to give her a pedigree here and there, but like it never happened. Well, that's the point. And that's kind of what my point is. I mean, first of all, I want to make clear that I'm saying that I understand that injuries happen regardless of gender. I mean, that's just part and parcel. What I'm saying is why not present women powerfully? See, I mean, what we have is Wanda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet. So, of course, she's going to go up against Triple H. But... No, it's but everybody else isn't as powerful. Therefore, I mean, this is a character. This is a storyline because you could still do the same thing, and everybody loved it. All I'm saying is, why not think about it, or why not progress? It really comes down to what are you really king as far as evolution? Think about movies, though. Yeah, you hardly ever like you know. You have to think about this, America. Regardless of even though what you may think is we're moving progressively or whatever. America doesn't have the appetite to see a man beat up a woman, whether it's sports entertainment, whether it's in a movie, whether it's real life. Right. So that's what they're fighting. It's not the point of, Hey, this is our universe and we can create whatever we want. No, it's the 3 million people that watch it every week that would turn that shit off because they know their audience enough to be like, our crowd, the WWE crowd, not the Lucha Underground crowd, not the Impact crowd, but our crowd doesn't want to see this. And that's what they um, air towards every time. Now, you'll see the women be strong against the men and the men, you know, kind of cower and show them their strength. That's that's the WWE, like Elisa saying, that's their way of showing you, hey, our women are strong and our women, if pushed to the point, will defend themselves against the men. But you will never see a guy come back like you'll never see Triple H get thrown and then come back, get back up and then, you know, run at Ronda and pound on her and then give her a pedigree. That's not going to happen no matter what climate you think we're in or whatever just because that crowd and that audience is not going to respond well to it I'll, I'll leave it there I also don't respond well to sexism and racism and that happens weekly but I get I also turn the channel when it happens so but I would love to hear what everybody else thinks as well so like tweet me and tell me what you think all right. Before we wrap up this week's episode, as always, thanks for that. Um, you know, bringing forth that discussion. I always love the discussions we have at the end of the reviews. We'll talk about next week's matchup as we have the start of round two. So we're going to have a Tony Storm versus Hiro Matsumoto. Um, we're going to have Rhea Ripley versus Casey Contazaro, Lacey Lane versus Tanara Conti. And Miko Satamura versus Mercedes Martinez. So, Miss Halisa, out of those four matches, uh, which matchup are you looking forward to the most? And do you have kind of like a dark horse that can maybe steal the show that you're not looking at right now as far as like a marquee matchup, but might, might actually be the match of the night? So the match I'm looking forward to the most is Mako and Martinez um, because Martinez is my girl, but she is not as quick as Mako, and so I know that I'm going to somewhat nominate her. Um, and I'm okay with that because Mako is phenomenal. And I really hope that in the final four, we get Mako versus EO just so I can see them go at it. Because I mean, that's basically the changing of the guard, the old guard to the new guard. Mm-hmm. Um, the match that I think could be the dark horse. 
part of me wants to say the Rhea Ripley and Casey match just because my assumption is Rhea is going to win. Um, but Casey kind of showed me some stuff that I wasn't anticipating when she wrestled. Um, I can't remember who she wrestled right now, but when she wrestled a couple episodes Raina ago. Raina Gonzalez. So, yes. And so I feel like that'll be a good showing for the both of them, um, especially since Rhea is a little bit more... She's more of a veteran than Casey in a form because she's been wrestling longer than her, but they can kind of work off of each other. And so I feel like that could be that dark horse match that ends up being better than people anticipate it being. All right. Miss Jupiter Julep, I'll pose you the same question out of these four matches. Which matchup are you looking forward to the most? And which matchup do you think might have the possibility to steal the show? Oh, you know, it's Mako and Mercedes is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, even though I'm not a big fan of hers, I'm interested to see what Tony Storm is going to put together against Hiroyo Matsumatu. Um, she, she's going to get destroyed, or if Tony Storm is going to rock her way out of it. But um, really and truly, I'm looking forward to um, Mako, again, style and grace, and then in presence, like, no one can believe against Mercedes Martinez. I'm with you. That is my girl. I just want to see her win, period. So it, it would be interesting. I would love for both of them to make the final four. So if we have to lose one, I can't call it. So that's the one I'm really, really anticipating. I wonder, and Don, you may not know this, but has, but has Tony Storm wrestled Hiro um, Masumoto before because Tony spent a lot of her time in Japan so I would not be surprised if they've already wrestled each other in the past and we could kind of Jupiter you could probably maybe find that on YouTube or something and oh, not be scared because I mean they always make a point to say Tony trained so much in Japan and she's wrestled a little da, da, da. so I feel like they've at least crossed paths at least once ooh that would be cheating I'm not sure about <laughs> the uh yeah, I'm not sure about the past matchups between those two. A match that I'm actually looking forward to because it's kind of two ladies on maybe similar skill levels is the Lacey Lane versus Tanara Conti match. Um, you know, I'm interested just to kind of see how those two styles of matchup, the judo style versus kind of the still green but very athletic style that Lacey Lane has. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what kind of match they'll put together how smooth it will be, and uh, who's going to come out on top. So that's a matchup that's kind of a sneaky, interesting match that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to watching Rhea Ripley again. I think that she probably made the biggest impression as far as from last year to this year as far as the you know people that we were familiar with and what she's bringing to the table this year. So I'm really excited to see how far she can keep this going. So those are kind of the two matches that I'm looking forward to. Uh, just they have my interest just for some alternative reasons. Of course, I'm into Tony Storm because I think she's great. I think she's just a superstar in the making. And, uh, yeah, I think the Satamora Martinez match will be very technical, very well wrestled, uh, very high level. Could probably be one of those like four and a half star, you know, classic type matches if they give them the full 15 minutes that they're allotted. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to my ladies. I'll start with Miss Halisa, Madam Lizette, for her shout outs, thank yous, and final points for this episode. So first thing is, this was a really like good first four episodes compared to last year. Because last year, I think when I watched the first four episodes, I was like, oh, some of this was forgettable. But besides episode two, I really enjoyed all of the ladies that they put on, some that we had never seen or some that I had never seen before and some that were returning faces that I'm really happy that I got to see again and that have improved in the ring. And I'm excited to see what happens in the NXT UK show because a lot of those ladies really put on some really good matches. So good job, Triple H. You're getting it all together for the women's wrestling. Um, of course, Best shout out to my best friend because my best friend always gets shout outs. Shout out to you both, host and hostess. Um, and I'm excited to see what we're going to get in the next round. All right, Miss Jupiter Julep, your shout outs, thank yous, and final thoughts on episode four. All right, well, shout out to Anwar Starwind and the two of you. 
who make this very, very fun. Um, my kids, they are like, come on. My mama just came in and said, Janet Jackson's about to come on. So we're going to be quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen. So, but I, I, I agree. Um, I'm excited about, uh, about the women's wrestling. And I can tell you, I'll put it to you in the most simplest terms I can. I normally buy the WWE network a year in advance and my network subscription uh, will end October 7th. And I thought, oh, at first I was waffling. Should I renew? Should I not renew? What should I do? And I am sold on continuing the network for at least another month just for the May Young Classic and to see how it all concludes at the Evolution. So I've been really, really happy and pleased and wish you guys all the best week. I would like to give a shout out and thank you to my two co-hosts, Miss Jupiter Julep and Madam Lizette. Let me give a shout out to Anwar Starwind for all his help, um, you know, helping us be our official, unofficial fact checker for this show. Whenever we have a question, he's always there with good answers. Like, yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> like to give a shout out to the members of the Glow and all the Russell Bays who showed the WrestleCast Yay. so much love. Uh, we couldn't have this great community without y'all. So. I appreciate everybody who, you know, supports us. Please support our sponsors, Amazon, Busted Tees, Audible.com. Like I said, go ahead, support us by becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Get exclusive content from all your favorite podcasts on the CSPN. So on that note, for Mr. Jupiter Julep and Madam Lizette, I'm Don DeLorenze, and this has been episode four of the May Young Classic. Thank you for listening.